This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Reaching the fault lines of today, this is Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Dr. Zudi Jasser. Welcome back this week to another episode of Reform This on the Blaze Radio Network. It's always great to be with you. I hope. For those of you who've listened before, you come back because you're finding some ideas, some thoughts, and insights that you don't get anywhere else. A American patriot, a physician, a former naval officer who believes in this country, believes that the threat that we face is a Muslim one that needs a Muslim solution. No, not all Muslims are radicals, and not even all Muslims are Islamists politically, but all radical Islamists are Muslim, and it is a problem that we need to solve. And on Reform This, we're peeling the onion. Week to week, I bring you the um, ideas that uh, I believe need to be repaired, need uh, ultimately to be addressed by the Muslim community, and... With that tough love, you and I will begin to venture down that road of reform. Now, there are many Muslims that uh, reject that. They're in denial of the need for reform. They're in denial of the need for us to revisit interpretations of our scripture that are all stuck in the 13th century, and in denial of the people, the theocrats that are in control of our community. This week, what I thought I would do is, uh, you know, first of all, congratulations uh, to Mr. Trump, now President Trump, who will hopefully lead our nation to better security, away from, as I discussed last week, that fear and paralysis that was the end, the legacy of what was in 2008 to be hope and change. President Obama left us with a vacuum, a vacuum of loss of American influence globally to basically have us become stifled, paralytic in the response to fear, ignorance, and negligence from our commander-in-chief who has avoided every conflict possible and allowed the vacuums in the Middle East and across the world to be filled by ideologues, Islamist ideologues that are equal and opposite reactions to military dictatorships, to Russian kleptocracy, and the genocidal behaviors of military dictators like Assad, Bashar Assad. And now with a new Trump presidency, yes, we've had our differences with his technique, his verbiage, but now he is my president, and he is my commander-in-chief. We'll hold them accountable. We'll hold them accountable to our Constitution, to our values. But if we really 
really believe in that mantra, that belief that we are united. We will not let political correctness divide us. We will not let minority groups uh, to a fear of uh, security risks, to everything that plagues the quiet of what could be our democracy. We will come together. And I think whether conservative or liberal, whether never Trump or always Trump, uh, I hope that now on this this um, new day of a new president, that uh, we give him 100%, 110% of our energy to make him successful, because if he's successful, our country will be successful. If he fails, odds are we will also fail. So now with his presidency, it's interesting. They asked him uh, an interview in uh, London last week with the, the Sunday Times, I believe. They, they asked him, what would be your first foreign policy priority? And he said one word, ISIS. Well, that's great. Yep, that is, that's our priority, defeating ISIS. But that priority will not come to fruition by simply engaging generals in a military operation. That priority is going to have to be a multi-pronged operation that includes military fronts, global ideological fronts, and domestic empowerment of reformists against the Islamists that have been empowered in the past few years. It was fascinating that uh, Secretary Johnson, uh, Jay Johnson, released a list of the awardees of the CVE grants this week. It included the Muslim Public Affairs Council. It included those who drink the Kool-Aid of believing that we're fighting violent extremism. And that wasn't only an Obama mantra. That was the Bush era that developed this politically correct approach to what is and should have been countering violent Islamism. Political Islam, the, the only conveyor belt that leads towards radicalization, which is the theocratic identity movement of the Islamic State. Now, President Trump told British media that his foreign policy would be, period, first priority, defeating ISIS. Well, I did an interview uh, uh, last week. And as I told you in my podcast, that this week I would address the details of that interview because I think when I spoke to Al Hurra, an Arabic station uh, uh, funded by the U.S. government uh, and uh, launched after the Iraq War and primarily watched in Iraq, but actually throughout the Middle East. And it is the beginning that nidus, that nidus of public diplomacy, yes. Public diplomacy. That's what we should be doing more of. And, and, and for those of you who've listened before, you know how, how important I believe the information war is, how much it meant in the Cold War. And I believe, I hope, the Commission on Radical Islam or Radical Islamism that develops will ultimately face that. Well, Al-Hurra had me on last week for a little over 10 minutes, and we talked about some overarching ideas about defeating radical Islam. So I think there's no better way to respond 
to the idea that President Trump now says that his priority will be full stop ISIS. So I was asked on Al-Hurra about after so many years in 63 country coalition in search of options to defeat ISIS and destroy ISIS from the roots, they asked me, well, what's happening? Why hasn't this worked? How could it be so difficult? And set aside the passive-aggressive nature of the Obama lead-from-behind proposition, set aside the, I believe, one of the primary obstacles, which is the fact that the Assad regime in Russia is only lukewarm in its confrontation directly militarily of ISIS, but rather is using ISIS as an excuse to bomb and pummel innocent neighborhoods of women and children in schools and hospitals through Aleppo, Damascus, Idlib, and across Syria. Set that aside right now. The bottom line is is that ISIS, as an entity, just like Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda is gone, have we defeated radical Islam because the whack-a-mole of Al-Qaeda was gone after 2007? Pretty much gone. Obviously, it didn't disappear. And now it's making a resurgence. And some say, in, in many ways, the Al-Qaeda of the Arabian Peninsula is back in, in ways stronger than ISIS. So Al-Qaeda went away and came back and is stronger and weaker. It's basically we're playing a whack-a-mole because the font of energy, of ideology that moves that identity movement is political Islam. It's the belief that these individuals, whether they come from prisons, whether they come from segregated neighborhoods uh, or ghettoization of Europe and, and or militant militancy of Wahhabism and jihadism out of mosques in the Middle East, whatever their source of deviation from mainstream society, culture, Islam, and even mainstream Islamism, if I may say. And I say mainstream there, I'm talking about the nonviolent Islamism that doesn't believe that the ends justifies the means, but tries to achieve the Islamic State and caliphate through the ballot box as a one-way operation, as we saw in Turkey with the AKP. But the Islamists have continued to morph and remorph, and ISIS could be defeated in the next six months. Yes, I believe if those 63 countries, as I told Al-Hurra this week, put their minds together, held Assad accountable on the ground to allowing forces to operate in Aleppo and Raqqa and other towns in which ISIS is teeming. If northern Iraq, if we hadn't withdrawn our troops, ISIS would not have had the stronghold and the funding of the oil sources and revenue of northern Iraq. It would not have had the funding that, by the way, there's a lot of evidence to show that Assad was buying oil from various ISIS interests in northern Syria. Just read Michael Weiss from the Daily Beast and others that know what's happening inside Syria. So you cannot defeat ISIS, bottom line, without beginning to weaken and slowly destroy the Assad Ba'athist regime. The two are the yin and yang of one another, just like radical Islam in Saudi Arabia. Yes, Saudi Arabia and the king and their... their monarchical theocracy was against uh, 
Al-Qaeda, and they were our allies in that war, but time has shown that what I said and what we said at the American Islamic Forum for Democracy when we formed in 2003, and we said, you know, we're not against terrorism as an idea only. We are also more significantly, our mission is to defeat radical Islam or political Islam through the separation of mosque and state, advocating for liberty liberty through the separation of mosque and state. So you can only defeat al-Qaeda in Saudi Arabia if also the petro-Islam of the Saudi government is defeated. You can only defeat the Brotherhood in Egypt if the, if the Islam of the military dictatorship of Nasser Sadat, Mubarak, and now al-Sisi is also defeated. Al-Sisi may have declared himself as a reformer two years since his New Year's speech where he called for defeat of violent, radical ideas to al-Azhar. We see little change. In fact, he continues to enforce blasphemy laws, apostasy laws, various arms of that scalpel of sharia, that runs through the society. So these governments hold that scalpel and tell Al-Qaeda and Muslim Brotherhood and viral Islamists that they cannot hold the scalpel. Only the dictators, the corporate mafia of the Islamic governance of Assad, of King Salman, of al-Sisi can hold the scalpel of Sharia. So you cannot defeat ISIS. You might defeat them militarily and take back Raqqa to the military beasts of the Assad regime. And you'll get other radical Islamist beasts come up. Remember, the Assad regime is working hand-in-hand with the Shia radical Islamists of Hezbollah and the Iranian Republican Guard. Russia has been allowing Sunni jihadists to come in to fuel the battles happening inside Syria. So, if ISIS is a priority, your vision in the Middle East, I hope, is one in which the Arab awakening is seen as an opportunity. Maybe things may get worse first, but a long-term better. When we come back, let's continue. What should be and how should the effectuation of a strategy against ISIS materialize in the first few weeks and months of a Trump of the Trump administration. This is Zudi Jasser on Reform This. Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser. Reaching the fault lines of today. The Blaze Radio Network.